الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهد الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله واصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى انما يتقبل الله من المتقين صدق الله العظيم Respected elders, brothers, man is at three levels. The very elementary level is he reacts on his instincts, emotions and instincts. He doesn't think, he doesn't look forward, doesn't understand, and whatever comes to his mind, he responds accordingly. So that's the very entry level of man. This you will find in the child. He wants to cry, he cry, wants to shout, he shout. He cannot differentiate <coughs> what is embarrassing and shameful so he'll mess himself in the same spot he'll urinate he doesn't understand so there is no barrier for him no barrier of shame and no barrier of immodesty so the same happens in an animal it wants to mess it'll mess in a place it wants to eat from one spot it'll eat it wants to jump the fence eat from another spot to eat so there is no barriers of shame no barriers of immodesty in that animal same happens to a child he doesn't have a barrier so he just acts on instinct so this is the entry level of man <clears throat> then as man progresses then there is the secondary level the secondary level is he applies his intelligence and reasoning and he will not just react on his instincts so he'll see for example that this thing here that i'm doing will it bring me trouble or not is it embarrassing will i lose my reputation or not so that that happens to all human beings whether muslim kafir mushrik all will think the same that this is what i'm doing what i'm embarking upon and Will it bring me any embarrassment, any disgrace, any insult? So he won't do anything that is going to be tarnishing his reputation 
or it's going to be embarrassing for him later on. So this is how the normal human being thinks. And this is not something restricted to a Muslim, a Muslim, and all Muslim. Everybody does the same. So I don't want any consequences, though I'll do it in this manner. So he's not concerned about the hereafter. He's not concerned about Allah Ta'ala. His primary concern is that I must not lose my reputation. So if he's learning forensic, for example, then he will not hesitate in hacking into someone's account and stealing because he knows nobody can trace me. When I can't be traced down, then why, don't, why do I miss out this opportunity? It's an opportunity, I can't be tracked down, and nobody can uh, sue me, no legal consequences, so let me do it. So this is how he thinks. So at that level, everything becomes permissible. Interest or gambling, everything becomes permissible because there is no legal consequence, he will do it. And even if there is a legal consequence and he knows to, how to work around it, he will work around it and get his things go, going. So one is in wealth, one is in his own behavior. He knows that I'm going to be conducting myself in a wrong way, misbehaving, but it's not going to be embarrassing. Nobody's going to know about it. So he, he doesn't mind watching a phone or watching a porn, whatever. Because he knows there's no, no consequence. So when there's no consequence, then he doesn't, matter, he doesn't mind breaking any barrier, carrying on, going on with his life. And then he reaches such a height that he doesn't even feel what I'm doing is wrong. What I'm doing is haram. What I'm doing is impermissible. So he carries on. So this is at the second level. Then you get the highest level. So he is not just acting on instinct and temperament. He is not just concerned about what people have to say. He is concerned as how am I going to fare before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. I am going to stand before him and لَا يُغَادِرُ صَغِيرَةً وَلَا كَبِيرَةً إِلَّا أَحْصَاهَا There will be records. And those records of Allah ta'ala, they don't leave out anything. Anything hidden, open, small or big. But he understands there is a thing like a grave. He understands there is a thing like the hereafter. He understands there is a thing like Jannat. He understands there is a thing like Jahannam. I don't want to ruin my, jahan, my Jannat. I don't want to get into Jahannam. So he understands that there is a consequence. So he will not act on instinct. Rather he will work it out. That this is, is, going to, is it going to help me to my road? my journey to Jannat, or is it going to bring me disaster? He'll calculate, he'll understand, he'll reason, he'll think about it seriously, and then he will take the step. Then no matter what any person can offer him, that is not his concern. His greater concern is, how am I going to fare before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah? So this becomes the primary concern. So this is the man, this is a person that is in the line of the Anbiya alayhi salam, this is the person whom Allah Ta'ala will declare as a human being. Otherwise, the first category, there's no difference between him and, a, and an animal. And the second category is an intelligent animal. Animal, but intelligent, alright. I know how to calculate and how, know how to work by things. Don't put myself into problems. So he's also an animal because he's got no concept of the hereafter. He's got no understanding of Jannat. 
no understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no understanding of Jannat and Jahannam. So he carries on. So the difference between him and an animal is that he uses his mind to save his reputation and his name. That's the only difference. Otherwise both are identical. Their behavior, their ways, everything is the same. Just that he uses his brains not to bring about any type of disrepute. So the man in the sight of Allah Ta'ala is the third person. When he takes a step, he understands, alright, this is going to be a disgrace. This is going to have a consequence. How I'm going to fare in the court of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah? What's going to happen to me in the grave? So that's a constant concern. Unfortunately, <clears throat> we are generally schooled in the circular style. <clears throat> And the circular thing, what happens there is, there is no such a thing like hereafter. In the whole career, there is no such a thing that they will remind you of Jannat, Jahannam, Akhirat, hereafter. They will not ask you. And that's not the concern. Their only concern is to make you a money-making machine. How you can make maximum amount of wealth, <clears throat> minimum time, without any type of legal consequences. So, <clears throat> that's the whole uh, crux of the circular education. The one, that's one thing. And the second thing is, as they say it themselves, the leaders in secular education, they say it themselves, to create a Western, circular, atheist mentality. A godless, Western mentality. So any person that is going through that system, this is what they want for him. So they're not worried about the hereafter, not worried about anything else. It's just about financial security. Whatever, whatever happens to you hereafter, don't worry about it. That's not a concern. So the Anbiya Ali Musalat came to conscientize. There is a thing like Jannat, there is a consequence. You will do something and there will be something that will follow. Some days back, one person came. So, he had an offer to buy a property. So he says, no, it's very lucrative. Uh, just the rental, the rental will pay off the debt. I will take a loan from the, from the bank. And the rental is so good, it's so good that in two years or so, it will settle the whole debt. So we explained to him, by, there is a thing like Allah Ta'ala, and there is a thing like you waging war with Allah Ta'ala when you're taking this step. It seems so innocent, it seems so nice, it seems so attractive. But do you know that this world belongs to Allah Ta'ala? We are just living here as tenants. And whichever button he wants to press, you will press the button. He pressed the button to make things work for you. And if he wants to press the button to let your whole life collapse, he can do it. In a second he can do it. In one moment, the person has got a blue light, security, respect, police, entourage and everything. And in the next moment, the same, the same security, police is putting him behind bars. So the heart is in the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you can just change it in a matter of a second. Man is healthy and strong. And how long it takes him to, to contact or to get cancer, cancer, Colon cancer, what cancer, what cancer? So in a second, Allah can change things. 
So we've got to explain the person, but it will not sink in his mind. Anyway, he said, no, I bought the property, one and a half million, some 10, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. So I bought it, uh, for a song I bought it. After three years he came back to shout at us. He said, see, I bought the thing. And you, says, you, know, you say that this is waging war with Allah Ta'ala. From one and a half million, this is picked up to about five million. Just in, a, in, in about three years or four years, from one and a half million, it's picked up to five million. So we explained to him, by there is no such thing like Allah Ta'ala doesn't know what's going on. He knows, he's in full control. There's no, that, no, no such thing like you have hoodwinked Allah Ta'ala. You got the thing right. You went against his system, there must be some problem now. And remember, a non-Muslim is treated differently, and a Muslim is treated differently in the plan of Allah Ta'ala. Because the non-Muslim doesn't have a thing like Jannat and Jahannam. He is dispatched for Jahannam. When he is dispatched for Jahannam, so whatever enjoyment he has to receive, he will receive it here, finished. His account is squared up. There is no such thing carried, no, nothing carried forth for him in the hereafter. So remember there is a thing like this. But no, he won't listen. There is a Muslim that is in the last moments of his life. And there is a non-Muslim that is in the last moments of his life. Both are around the same. Both Muslim here and a non-Muslim there, both are in the last moments of their lives. The Muslim is longing for a glass of water and the water is just behind him. As he goes to reach for it, that thing spills out. He doesn't have it and he dies thirsty. And a non-Muslim is longing for a certain type of fish. You know, like our Hindus, they like shad too much, right? So he's longing for a certain type of fish, but it's not available in his water. So Allah Ta'ala commands the malaika, bring it to his water. The fisherman pulls it out, and it's served to him. It's prepared and served to him. Then he dies. This Muslim dies thirsty. He dies after he's satiated, eating the fish of his tribe in the style that he likes. So the malaika asks Allah Ta'ala, that we cannot question your wisdom, nor can we question your authority. You are supreme. Everything is your creation. You do as you please. But there is wisdom in what you do. It's yours, so we cannot question your authority. It's yours, and you are all wise, so we cannot question your wisdom as well. So there is some wisdom of yours that is discreet, but we cannot understand this. But we just are a little curious to know why this person is treated in this manner and this person is treated in that manner. <clears throat> so Allah tells him, you see this Muslim, his whole life he behaved well. He made one mistake. One mistake he made. So we thought we'll settle him and the moment he reaches us, will throw out the carpet for him straight to Jannat. It's just a matter of him crossing the bridge. When he's crossed over, he's flying to Jannat straight. But we need to settle him. He made a mistake and we need to settle his account. So let us settle it here. In the year after, he's not going to get anything. The doors of Jannat will be opened up wide for him. And this person here, this non-Muslim, his whole life he'd been sinning. Gambling, interest, insurance, whining, 
everything he's been doing, right? He's been doing all the harm he's been doing. He had did one good deed. One good deed he's been doing. And we thought we will settle his account straight here. And then as he comes to us, we'll throw him, dispatch him straight to Jannah. La marhaban bikum. Antum qaddamtumuhu lana. Fabiqsa al-qarar. As you come in, in the hereafter, then there is no welcome for you. We are dispatching you straight to Jannam. As he's dying, you can see he's abode in Jannam already. So he had done one good deed, and as he's done one good deed, Allah Ta'ala wanted to settle his account, then reach him. <coughs> so you see, what seems to us, <coughs> what seems to us not agreeable, but you see the wisdom of Allah Ta'ala, there is some wisdom, just that we cannot comprehend. And Allah Ta'ala doesn't need to subject Himself to us, to our wisdom. Does He need to subject Himself to your wisdom? Like a small child, you know what's better for him, right? <clears throat> and you the father, you the guardian, so you know what's better for him. He doesn't want to go to school. And he says, no, school, there is teaching of of drawing, some scratching and all that. Uh, five hours he's spending there and then we come come out. So now he cannot comprehend the wisdom. Father is saying, but you go and in a few years you'll see you'll be able to turn 50,000 men a month. Now the child is applying his mind and doing a little bit of scratches here and my father is having a long lengthy dream here that with the with scratches bring me that 50,000 men. So he can't understand because he's Mind is too naive, he's too young, immature, he cannot understand. <clears throat> so this person is the same, we explained him by his insurance, his interest, all these things here. <clears throat> it doesn't mean that it's legal, so it's halal. People feel, no, it's legal, so it's halal. Gambling is also illegal, pork is also legal, uh, uh, going to dances also, all, all are legal, all are the halal. It doesn't mean that if it were a legal stamp, that it's halal. <clears throat> it's what people think, marrying in community, right? Then whoever's taken whoever's wealth, then he's taken haram wealth, pure haram wealth. Sometimes the wife takes away the husband's wealth, right? She's married in community, she says, no, I have got a 50% stake here, and I'm taking away. So she's taking away the wealth of the, of the deceased parents, his children, etc. What she's eating is 100% haram. And Allah is warning, fi butunim nara, what you are filling in, you are filling in fire in your belly. <clears throat> now this woman is taking that wealth, but she says, I can't see that belly, I can't see that fire. I can't see that fire. Where, the, where are you talking about fire? <clears throat> Quran shall be saying, what you are filling into your belly is fire. So don't you experiment. And what she says, I can't see the fire. Why are you frightening me about the fire? I can't see the thing. So that fire is like how we say, you know, uh, don't play with petrol, you're playing with fire. Don't we say that? Don't play with petrol, you're playing with fire. So that petrol just needs the right exposure and that will show its worth. It will show its ability. Right? It just needs the exposure and see what it does. So exactly the same, the haram needs that exposure of the grave for, thing to show, for, for it to show 
is potential. I got a potential, but I will show it to you at the right time. Now you can't see it, and you don't want to believe. So that is all Iman about, that we don't see, but because Rasulullah has mentioned this, we say it's 100%, we've got no doubts about it. Iman is not about us seeing. Iman is about us believing. And we haven't seen Rasulullah we haven't seen Allah Ta'ala, we haven't seen Jannat, we haven't seen Jahannam, we haven't seen the day of Qiyamat, but we believe that there is a thing like that. So it's not about our eyes seeing it. Maria Qibtiya, radiyallahu anha, she lost her child in infancy. And she was sobbing because the child was still feeding. She was still breastfeeding and her breasts were filling up and the child was gone. So Rasulullah explained to her, comforted her. Allah Ta'ala has appointed two malaika to complete the term in Jannah. Your child's term is going to be completed in Jannah. And if you wish to see, you can see the child. So she says, no, 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 Ya Rasulullah. I believe in what you say. My eyes may betray me. My eyes may mislead me. But what you say can't be wrong. So I believe what you say. So nonetheless, this person is saying, all right, you know, just in a few years, I think from one and a half million, it's gone to, escalated to five million. You people are just bluffing me. You're jealous of me. You don't want me to prosper. Therefore, you're stopping me. But you tell me, see, we are, we've got no stakes in your investment, nor are we interested in it. We don't want it. Even if you offer it to us, we're not interested. But for your own good, we are telling you, you are, you are exposing yourself to disaster. But you won't listen. Anyway, after about another five years, the thing jumped from five million to ten million. Have you seen these last 25, 30 years, properly how it shot up, right? So from 1 to 5, 5 to 10, I think just jumped up like that. So in a short period, now he's convinced Murahs were all just deceiving us. They're talking about insurance, they're talking about interest. They don't want us to prosper. That's why they're saying this. Right? We maintain our status. We say this is haram. We will tell you that this is waging war with Allah Ta'ala. You want to believe it, you accept it. If you don't want to believe it, then our duty ends. You cannot say, Allah Ta'ala, that you went warned. Our duty is to warn you. You listen, you take it, or you don't take it, that's your problem. Now, after another three years, now he came crying. See, Khuda ke yahan der hai, and der There may be a delay for things to materialize, but there is no such a thing like, Allah Ta'ala doesn't know it. He knows it. And at the right time, it comes up. See? Now, when he came now crying, he says, Okay, I tell you, now I see what is the meaning of waging war with Allah Ta'ala. See, my one daughter, she's become a, she's involved in drugs heavily, and she's selling a body. I'm coming from such a reputable family. I give them all what they want. This is what I get. See, I've been working, investing, generating wealth for them. And now see what's, what, what results I get, what rewards I get. This is the reward. The one daughter, this is what she's done. The second one, I've educated her, she's an attorney. Now somehow she swindled, swindled everything. She became the signator and she's got the full control over my business. Now I can't do what I want in my business. She's got the full control. She just gives me about five, six thousand a month. That's it. Live off that. And the whole control is hers. 
So now I understand that I have waged war with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See, so we told him now, see, Allah gave you a respite for 15 years. Jump from 1 to 15, right? Allah gave you that respite. And we kept on warning you, that this is, this whole universe belongs to Allah Ta'ala. He is in control. You just agree with Him and things will work out. But you disagree with Him and you want things to work out. How is it going to happen? So Iman is about believing in Allah Ta'ala without seeing. You believe in Him, think about His Qudrat. To the extent that you think about His Qudrat, you will see it. You will see it in the universe, in the sun, in the moon, in the rains, in the clouds. You will see His Qudrat. Just for, a, for us to understand, right? See the rain that comes to us, right? So the, they talk about vapor, and the bulk of the vapor is coming from the sea, right? Most of the vapor will come from the sea, it will go to a certain point, and then there's condensation, etc., and then the rain will come down, right? But I want to note from you that when that water comes from the sea, right? So it's got a salt content. You've got this desalitation plants and all that, right? So they remove the salt content from the water. Now, I want to know from you that that water is separated from the salt. Where does it happen? You know about the vapor, right? Very good, mashallah. But this salt is being separated from the water. And that water that comes from the heaven is about the purest water. You can't find a water that is as pure, as nourishing as the water that comes from above. That's the purest. You can't find a water that is as pure as that. So I want to know from you two things. One is, where, at which point it reaches and it separates the salt, number one. Number two, then who fills in that nourishment in that water? You ask any farmer, he will tell you that that, that rainwater has got the greatest amount of nourishment. We can irrigate the lands, but it won't bring about that produce. But one rain, what it does, your one year of irrigation can't do in one rain. See, one rain is too much. It brings about the, it brings about the life. So, you think about the Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala, you will see Allah Ta'ala. But now, that requires the thing. Things, a lot of things are obvious. It's just for you to, to apply your mind and you'll see the Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala. <coughs> so, we're talking about the third category of man. And that man that thinks that there is a thing like grave, there is a thing like hereafter, right? There is a thing like Jannat, there is a thing like Jahannam. There is a thing like old age. In your youth you think, I'm powerful, I'm mighty, I can do it. Manashaddu minna kuwa. Who is mighty as myself? But then, after you have crossed 45, 50, and you see gradual decline coming. 45, 50, 55. You can go to all the gymming, all the organic food you can eat, but that old age creeps in, it comes in, it comes, and then it comes with the storm. You think that first you think, oh, I got one, two items, I'll just pull it out. But that won't make you, it won't make you young. You're going to pull that one, one white or two items. You know, that thing comes like a fire. It starts off, and the whole beard is white. Now you think, oh, I'll put a dye, I'll put a mend, I'll pull this thing out, I'll look young. So what? That old age will take, it's got its time. And everything in you will just collapse slowly, gradually, everything. Strength is going, and it will be as though life is being replayed. You know, just look at the Qudrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the infancy, right, 
that you've got no control over yourself. You need diapers, right? You need a carriage. You need someone to carry you, right? Right? You need a wheelchair. You need a, a carriage, right? Then when you are in advanced age, again you need diapers, right? You need a wheelchair. You need someone to take you around, right? Doesn't it happen? So it's a replay of whole, whole the life. It's just for us to see, right? This youth is just a short period and don't get bluffed, don't get deceived that youth. Understand that there is a creator, there is Allah Ta'ala, He is watching. The Quran Sharif illustrates this whole story <coughs> with the sons of Adam Al-Islam. Right. So, as we see life, then there'll be variations. There'll be variations. نُفَضِّلُ بَعْضُمْ عَلَى بَعْضٍ فِي الرِّزْقَ Someone has got more, someone has got less. So these variations will take place in this world. Sometimes someone's got better health, sometimes someone has got better wealth. Sometimes someone has got better features, someone has got doesn't have that features. Sometimes someone has got recognition and he's popular, and the other person doesn't have popularity, no recognition. Sometimes we'll find the person... <clears throat> he's got a problemless life and the other person is loaded with problems so this type of variations will be in this world nobody can escape it right? and why is designed like this Allah knows and we don't have the right to ask Allah Ta'ala, why did you design it in this manner so now one brother is favored more than the other now this person becomes jealous okay, why is he favored more now that's a natural trait in, in man. And when you see one person favored more than, uh, than, than you, then you want to know why is he favored? Why can't I be favored, right? And the right thing is to be happy with the decree of Allah Ta'ala. Allah kept me like this. He knows why he's kept me like this. And I'm happy for the decision of Allah Ta'ala. Because I don't know. He's got the wealth and he's conducting himself rightly with that wealth. Had I had that wealth, that thing would have been a cause of my disaster. For him is looking after it. I don't know what disaster it would have brought to me. So, if you trust in Allah Ta'ala and be pleased with Allah Ta'ala, you will enjoy life and you will be happy with Allah Ta'ala. But if it is that you're trying to compete all the time, racing all the time, then you'll be in a constant state of a mental turmoil and always complaining. A simple thing is, why it's Allah Ta'ala's design. He knows why he's done what for me. And it's, I'm the servant, when I'm the servant, I need to be happy, and I need to be executing his commands. You got two, three workers in the shop, one person you made him a tea boy, other person you made him to sweep, and the other person you made him the manager. Now the tea boy says, why did you make me the manager? You know, treat me and respect me, respect me like how you respect him. So my shop, I know who to put in which department. You like the job, remain here, otherwise, you move on. That's what, that's the attitude. You know. Why you placed him there, you know. Why you placed him here. And that other person who is the tea boy, but he's happy, he's executing, he's very thankful, appreciative, he's executing well. The boss feels happy with him, gives him a perk, throws some increase. But he's seeing that he's executing the job and he's so happily doing the work uh, with the staff, the staff compliment. And the whole company is running very well with this person here. So the boss is happy with him. So Allah Ta'ala will be happy with you 
just be happy with his decree and you see things will work out for you. How, you, how it will happen, he knows. So now one brother becomes envious of the other. Okay, why he's got all these things here and I don't have it. So now the one that doesn't have it, he says now, I'm going to sort you out. I'll sort you out. I'll kill you. Why you've got these things? In the meanwhile, Adam al-Islam sensed that there was some problem here. And he says, both of you all make an offering. Whoever's offering is accepted, he knows he's on the right. And if the offering is not accepted, then he's not right. Simple way to bring about uh, an understanding here is, both of you all make the offering. Now the one that was being envied, he made the offering, a nice offering, and straight away it was accepted. And the other person's offering was rejected. Now this aggravated the problem. Nothing is working for me here, nothing is working for me in the year after. I am a total failure. Now I'm going to kill this person. See that envy. So the envy will, will show out in different ways. This is one story that the Quran says, but it will show itself in different ways. I'm selling buttons, and you're selling buttons, right? So someone comes to buy. So he says, I'm just shopping around. I went to this place here, that place, and the third place. I come to you. So now your envy and your greed will speak. All right, he's all right. But the quality, you know, you want quality is somewhere else. Somehow or the other, you'll try and push the person down and take the business, right? You'll try to steal the business. But will you be fair in telling the person, why? That person's buttons is best. The price is better also. You have the heart to do it. You feel now I'm going to show that what's going to happen to my business. So that's how you think. Now you don't realize that there is a provider. He provides. And he wants you to be honest. He wants you to be true. Show the person, alright, there's better buttons available here. Go and buy it from him. Mashallah. But no, no. I'm going to do this. I'm going to lead him. What's going to happen to my business? So we are applying our minds against the plan of Allah Ta'ala. Plan of Allah Ta'ala is different, our minds work different. So this brother that is being threatened, he says, you see, if you threaten to kill me, I'm not going to defend myself. You can threaten to kill me, but I am not going to, I am not going to defend myself. I'm not going to defend myself for two reasons. The one reason is the world has just started off. Adam al-Islam and we are the direct children. So the world has just started off. Now if, if I'm going to defend myself, in the process if I harm you or I kill you, then it will go down in human history that this was the first murder and this was the first murderer. So until the end of time, this thing will be traced to me. That you were the person that initiated this crime here. So you are loaded with that same disgrace and that uh, that embarrassment that you were that person that started this off. So what a legacy have I left my, for myself, for my children, for my grandchildren. Yeah, your grandfather was a big murderer. He started it off. So I don't want that to happen. And the second reason that I will not re- retaliate is, you see, when someone is hurting you, then you want to retaliate. Right? Whether it's your reputation, whether it is your body, whether it is your wealth, 
or if he's hurting you, you want to retaliate. And when you want to retaliate, then you don't know borders. He saw you one time, and you'll swear him ten times. He picked your father, and you will swear his tenth generation, your father, grandfather, mother, nanny, everybody. You pick out everybody. So you don't know your, you don't know your borders. Now, if I'm going to retaliate in this manner, then am I going to be the losing party or the winning party? Because the Quran Sharif says about Juruha Qisas. When you've been ill-treated, then you can retaliate, but equal for equal. Eye for eye. One word for one word. You can't give ten words for the one word that is given. You can't do that. I know myself that the anger can have the better over me. And for the one word that you have given, I will retaliate with ten words. So why must I be the guilty party? I don't want to do this. Now I'm the winning party, although it would seem that I've lost my reputation, I've been hurt, I've been ill-treated, right? But in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, I'm the winner. Outwardly it seems that you're the winner, right? But in the sight, in the records of Allah Ta'ala, I'm the winner. So why must I lose this? So, so I'm not going to retaliate. And then the third piece of advice he gives him, and I'll end my talk with this, right? He says, "Inna You retaliating in this manner, showing your vengeance, your emotions. You think that this is your progress. That's not the progress. The progress is like this: The word "inna" comes to restrict. That if you want recognition, acceptance, you want things to flourish for you, then the criterion is taqwa. You got taqwa got the ingredient of taqwa, things are working out for you. But you don't have that ingredient of taqwa, and you apply your mind, and you think you're going to, you're going to win the... No, no, forget it. It may just be a short term, short term you may see some prosperity, something, whatever you see. A little bit, 10 years, 20 years, after that, when the problem comes, when it strikes, it won't leave you. You may see some prosperity, but the prosperity will be just in name, and just for the eyes, just to meet the eyes. But not real satisfaction, not real happiness, you're not going to get it. So Allah says that if you want this prosperity and you want this, then you just add the ingredient of taqwa in whatever you're doing. That you, in whatever you're doing, you're looking at it, that is Allah Pak happy or not? Has Allah Ta'ala sanctioned this or not? Has He approved of this or not? Right? I'm going to do exactly what Allah Pak says. Not what my eyes tell me. My eyes, my eyes is telling me something. My reasoning is telling me something. My brains are telling me something. But the law of Allah is saying something else. So I'm not going to go with my reasoning. I'll not apply my reasoning against the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I know I'll be a loser. Why must I do it? No matter what it is, but I'm not going to do that. So in this world, Allah has created certain procedures. And you want things to work out for you. You have to follow those procedures, right? You got a kajur seed, right? A date seed. And you want the thing to, to sprout, to germinate, to fruit. You want all that to happen. Then there's a certain procedure. You have to plant the thing, you have to sow the thing, apply the water, etc. With the grace of Allah, that will bring out. It will come out. But now, you look at that seed now. It's looking so cute and beautiful. And you want to store it up in the freezer, right? And you want the thing to produce, is it going to produce anything? Not going to produce. It's against the system of Allah. You know that. 
you know it has to go through a certain system for that thing to be productive. Exactly the same, yourself, your life, your wealth has to follow a certain procedure for that thing to be productive. It follows that procedure, then you see the production. Whether you are here in this world, you're in the grave or in the year after, you follow that procedure, things are working out. As you're coming older, coming closer, closer to the date, now things are becoming more and more enjoyable. You can see it, you're getting the satisfaction, but provided that you follow the system of Allah Ta'ala. <coughs> the malaika come, they give you the, the comfort, they compliment you. As you're aging up, right, they compliment, nothing to worry about. Where everybody's grieved and paining, and Allah gives you a certain level of satisfaction and happiness with your progress in life. Whereas the other person, the progress of life, is becoming more and more scared. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen? He's very disillusioned. He's gabrat. He's worried. What's going to happen to me? And this person, as he's coming to his end, is finding the satisfaction, the happiness, the fulfillment of the promises of Allah Ta'ala. تَتَنَزَّلُ عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ أَلَّا تَخَافُوا Malaika are coming, comforting him. Right? Don't worry. Nothing to grieve. No stress. Allah تَخَافُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا وَأَبْشِرُوا بِالْجَنَّةِ And take, receive the good news of the Jannah. And we are your friends. See, we are your friends. We will take you throughout the journey. And they'll appear as friends, friendlier than friendly. Not friendly, but friendlier than friendly. The most friendliest person to you will be perhaps your family, immediate people, right? That's the friendlier, friendliest. Now those malaika will become friendlier than friendlier, handsome than handsome, beautiful than, you'll forget everything else. You like the company. But that is for that person, Once you have held on to the rope of Allah Ta'ala, to his system, then you're holding firm. Then you're not moving away. Let's try this, and let's experiment this thing here. Maybe this thing works out. No, no. You don't betray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then you see the returns. Like in a marriage, right? And you're jumping, you got the wife, you're playing around here, you're playing around here. She's giving you everything, whatever you want, right? And beyond your demands, she's giving you. And all your requirements. But the day that she discovers that you're betraying, what's going to happen? Everything that you've got, everything will be lost. So exactly the same, Allah wants you to be truthful, honest, don't betray the trust with Him. And you'll see things are working out for you. Allah Ta'ala Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Salatu wassalamu ala Rasulil Kareem. Wa alihi wa sahabi ismaeen. Rabbana zalamna anfusana. Wa illam taghfir lana wa tarhamna. Wa nakunamna min al-qasirin. Rabbana taqabbal minna. Nakadda alim وتم علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم صلى الله تعالى على خير خلقي محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين